This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, folks. Be sure to visit my webpage at dr-history.com for over 440 true stories of the Old West. Also, now available on Amazon, my first book, a historical fiction based on true events entitled Coal Miner to Cowboy. The story of a young man born in England in 1850. He wants to be a cowboy and makes his way to America, travels from New Orleans to Independence on a steamboat, hires on as a teamster to Santa Fe, then on a cattle drive to Bozeman, Montana. He also rides shotgun on a stagecoach. He travels with a wagon train, and on his two-year journey, he meets some famous people and keeps a journal of his adventures. The book contains a lot of the true stories from my podcast and is now available on Amazon. Visit my webpage for a link to Amazon for the book, Coal Miner to Cowboy. Dr. History. Good morning, Zeb. Hey, my friend. Yes. You look good this morning (laughs) as compared to other mornings. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I'm feeling a lot better, I can tell you that. You're not a coughing and a hacking and everything. I'm I'm on the mend. There you go. So I just got to say, folks, my book, Coal Miner to Cowboy, is on Amazon as print. And by the end of this week, it should be on as an e-book. So you can read it uh, on your Kindle or your iPad. So you finished it? Well, that I have a guy that's putting that on there as an e-book. Oh. And I'm going to Salt Lake this the end of this week to record it. You're going to record it. Yes. So by the end of the month, I hope to have it on Amazon as print, e-book, and audible. So you'll be able to listen. So that's the plan for hopefully by the end of this month. Okay. Well, we'll so, look forward to the keep us posted. I'll do it. And do we have to anything to say to Dr. Feeble, nope. Blister, we're, Budweiser, Schnobbly, or whatever? We're good. Oh. So here's something, Zeb, that helped our country go, grow in the late 1800s, and it's something I never thought of, and I'm going to bet you didn't either. Okay. Well, I wasn't around then. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> How about mail-order brides? You know, I've often seen TV shows and TV series about mail-order brides yeah. in the Old West, and it made me wonder, how did they ever want to take such a chance? Well, we're going to talk about it. Okay, please. So, here we go. June 4th, 1871, Sarah Baines hopped down from a wagon at Fort Bridger, which, of course, was just kind of a rough military trading post in what would one day become Wyoming. Now, Baines, a 24-year-old seamstress from Louisiana, had just spent several months traveling 1,500 miles through rough territory in a stage alone, 
but she wouldn't be alone for very long. She came to Fort Bridger to get married. you got to be kidding me. The groom was Jay Hemsley, a 48-year-old farmer. The two had met after Hemsley responded to an ad. They corresponded by letter for more than a year before Hemsley finally proposed. The day after Baines arrived at Fort Bridger, they were married within one day. The next day, they left to open a general store in Placerville, California. And then she filed for divorce, and being community no, property, no, she got half the general no. store. Okay. The Hemsleys were married for 51 years. You're kidding me. <laughs> so, so it worked out. Okay. It worked out. But, uh, you know, it seems like uh, quite a tremendous risk. I mean, traveling thousands of miles into a territory to marry a person you've never met, only through an advertisement in a newspaper, I mean, it was a gamble. Uh, but there was a lot of men and women in the 19th century that were willing to take on this this gamble, so to speak. And uh, uh, anyway, you, you'll see as we go along here, the rise of personal and matrimonial ads, uh, appeals for companionship in newspapers and magazines, as well as in special publications devoted entirely to matchmaking. You've so got to be kidding. So there were special newspaper type things were devoted to nothing but ads personal so ads. did these people that applied did they have to fill out like questionnaires and i well, we'll read a few of them you'll, you'll enjoy that i bet i will <laughs> so it was a modern solution to an age-old problem you know america's time was expanding at a tremendous rate uh, the first white people who moved into these territories were most often single men uh, men in Wisconsin, for example, outnumbered women two to one. Uh, the farther west, the more obvious the lack of women. Uh, in California, male settlers outnumbered women 200 to one. Are you kidding so, me? Now, there was one homesteading act uh, that offered 320 acres of land to a single man, but 640 acres to married couples. Really? So it was kind of a motivation to get married. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So people needed partners if they expected to be able to work the land or keep a house, you know, start a family, start having kids where, you know, because the kids worked on the farm, you know, and, and helped it get going. So the question is, how do you hook up? You know, a husband and a wife when they're thousands of miles apart. And have never met each other. Never met. And trust only the male. Right. So newspapers became an essential way to find a spouse spouse for both men and women. Mm -hmm. So the newspapers were becoming easier to produce. The first personal ad in America was actually in 1759. And by the end of the century, newspapers in every state carried these personal ads. No kidding. So, so it was a Dear Abby way back then. Well, just just an ad explaining who you were and what you yeah. you know what you wanted. So by the middle of the 19th century, personal ads were pretty much regular features in most newspapers, and I had never thought of that. Uh, I'd heard about it, but I didn't think it was that big Well, you should have. Big You're a doctor history. I, I, true, yeah, it's true. So, now, it wasn't just bachelors who needed partners, okay? Philadelphia, a Philadelphia paper in 1837 reported, quote, a superabundance of women in urban areas back east. So you had a bunch of single men in the West, a bunch of single women in the East. Oh, my goodness. Our hearts were all aflutter. They were. So the economic opportunities for women at the time wasn't very good back East. Uh, You know, 
pretty miserable, in fact. So while it might seem like a pretty big leap that your best option was to travel thousands of miles to marry a man you'd never met, for many women, it seemed like the best option. And they were going just basically on what was written on paper. No, no. Most of the time, they wrote back and forth. No, but I mean, uh, they were corresponding and they took each other's word for it. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. So women in the East uh, also actively placed marriage ads seeking matches with men out West. So the women were also placing ads. So there was a Mrs. Sarah Wilcox. She placed her ad uh, in a newspaper in Arizona. It says, quote, wanted a few gentlemen correspondents with a view to matrimony by a middle-aged widow lady. And, of course, there was risk of death, violence, isolation, attacks to the frontier. Yet, you know, a lot of women still went. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So, Did they ever say, you know, like, I want somebody, the girls would say, I want somebody six foot three. Oh, yeah. yeah, we're going to get and that. I figured you would. <laughs> so one uh, guy out west tried advertising for a wife, and it worked to a charm as usual. In response to his ad, he allegedly received 794 letters, 24 shirt buttons, 17 locks of hair, and 13 daguerreotypes, which are pictures of the ladies. So there was a Miss uh, Effie Newland, and it goes to say, quote, one of the wealthy young women of Hoxie, Kansas, uh, married a Mr. Lopez, a sailor of Key West, Florida, after she, quote, jokingly responded to his ad for a wife. But Lopez was a really good writer, and the girl soon became infatuated. Lopez traveled to Hoxie, and the couple were married while the parents protested. Ah, uh, and what does so that mean? it worked mean? out. The parents protested. Yeah, they didn't particularly want her marrying yeah. this guy. Who Hatfields and McCoys. Yeah. Yeah. So the Los Angeles Herald reported that a 32-year-old man, and this is not very good, shot and killed his heavily insured 19-year-old wife, whom he'd met through an advertisement. So there were some sad situations. I would say. Yeah. My but, goodness. you know, there were stories with happy endings, marriages that didn't end in murder, abandonment, abuse, fraud, or divorce were also written about in newspapers and helped popularize the practice. One headline from 1907 declared, quote, girl writes in secret and wins a re- rich planter. Really? Came up with a rich guy. I can imagine a girl going like a thousand miles, getting off a train, and the guy says what he's going to be wearing and everything, and I can just see her looking at the guy and getting right back on the train. Yeah. Well, so this rich planter guy, the pair met, but they had spent three years writing to each other. No. Three years back and forth, and they married the day they met in person. Married the day they met. Well, that's usually the way it happened. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. but here's one out of the out of the Rochester, New York paper it says, quote, a big matrimonial swindle has been unearthed here by the postal authorities upon the complaint of a Nebraska man. Three hundred persons have been victimized, according to a book found in the possession of the man and woman under arrest who give the names of Chris and Annie Warner. They were uh 
taking money from women uh, supposedly under the guise of getting married. Okay, so now how much money did these people have to spend for these advertisements? I don't know. I, I don't think it would be very much. I'm oh, okay. Guessing, All right. You know, and they would put in a letter like, hi, my name is so-and-so, right. and I'm a farmer in Wichita, ones. Kansas, or what? I've got some good ones. Here. I figured you would. <laughs> so, you know, there's a thread that runs through the personal ads that help settlers in the American West. People needed people, and they'll find a way to meet each other, even if that means getting gambling, well, here it is, on a 25-cent ad or a profile on a dating uh, site of some kind. Wow. So it's a leap of faith, you know. Oh, I mean, yeah. You, you know, you, you didn't have pictures back and forth. So any marriage is a leap of faith. Even today, you never really know what you're getting into, and you never know what the future holds. But... Uh, Personal ads began appearing as soon as newspapers became common. Some 300 years ago, that started. So, uh, in a British publication in 1695, it says, quote, A gentleman about 30 years of age that says he has a very good estate would willingly match himself to some good young gentlewoman that has a fortune of 300 pounds or thereabouts, and he will make settlement to, con- to content. I love that. In other that. words... If you've had 300 pounds, I might consider you, and that was a lot of money back then. Yeah. You know, and at the time, marriage was more about money and uh, status than relationship really? in, in some situations. Oh so here's, here's a couple of ads, Zeb. You're going to like this. Uh, Chance for a spinster. Okay, that's the title. <laughs> okay. A young man in Aristook County, Maine, advertising for a wife, speaks of himself as follows. Quote, I am 18 years old, have a good set of teeth, and believe in Andy Johnson, the Star Spangled Banner, and the 4th of July. I have taken up a state lot, cleared up 18 acres last year, and seeded 10 of it to down. My buckwheat looks first rate, and the oats and potatoes are bully. I have got nine sheep, a two-year-old bull, and two heifers, besides a house and barn. I want to get married. I want to buy bread and butter, hoop skirts, and waterfalls for some person of the female persuasion during life. That's with that's what's the matter with me, but I don't know how to do it. <laughs> and did he get a response? I, I, I don't know. You don't know. I, Is he still writing, by the way? <laughs> he might be. Um, but uh, here's another one. You, you'll like this. Women looking for grooms. I see. Here we go. I am fat, fair. <laughs> Let me start over, Zed. Quit laughing. I am what fat. What a way to start a letter. Yeah. Well, you know, truth. I am fat, fair, and plan on losing no weight. I am 48, five feet high, am a number one lady, well fixed with no encumbrance, am in business in city, but want a partner who lives in the West, want an energetic man that has some means, not under 40 years of age, and weight and weight no less than 180, of good habits, a Christian gentleman preferred. <laughs> don't you love that? Did she have to pay extra tax money on the stage to I carry her? She must I have been know. a bulky. Uh, let's see. Here, here's another one. Um, a wealthy southern young lady whom circumstances compel to live with strangers where she is not happy. 
wishes to make the acquaintance of a thorough gentleman, not over 30 years, who would be willing to form an immediate matrimonial connection as she doesn't like to return south. Wow. I mean, the... (laughs) Here we talk about people today that are incompatible, and we talk about people today that uh, they get married, and then six months later they're clamoring for a divorce. These people were really yeah. committed. Now, now, here's one that's kind of a a little humor to it, oh, okay. as you will see. Hi, I'm fat. Any young, <laughs> any young gentlewoman that is minded to dispose herself in marriage to a well-accomplished young widower and has five or six hundred pounds to secure to him by deed of gift, she may repair to the sign of the glass lanthorn in Steeple Square to find all the encouragement she can reason, reasonably desire. Now, it's kind of weird wording, but here's here's the kicker. The author was 16-year-old Benjamin Franklin. You're kidding. Who composed it as kind of a joke. You know, the language. We've talked about this in the past, but going back to the 1700s and the 1800s, the language was so flowery. Yeah. Yeah, I loved it. You know, yeah. we've talked about they that. They really before. used some words. Yeah, yeah. Here's Here's another one. I am 27, employed by the government, have small but reasonable salary, will make some poor working girl from 18 to 25 a good husband and a happy home, must be Protestant, no dancers, flirts, or streetwalkers need answer, object matrimony. <laughs> oh, you know, and they probably had some takers. Yeah. So let me show you a picture here, Zeb. Okay. Here's a picture. Okay, I got to look at this. The picture. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Wives. <laughs> wives want. There's four guys sitting outside of yeah. a log cabin in Montana, and boy, they look not very happy. <laughs> and the sign on the door says "Wives Wanted." Yeah. Okay. Here's another picture. You can okay. see that. All right. Uh, now this is another mail looks, order bride. Yeah. Now that looks pretty good. I mean, she's dressed in a nice yeah, way. They both look like really fine young people. Yeah, they do. And that was uh, Sarah Baines, Uh and uh, she married a guy in Wyoming. She was a 24-year-old seamstress, it says. Uh And he was uh, a guy 48. Whoa, she was 24, he was 48. Yeah, but well-established. He must have had some money. And like I said, they they were married for 51 years. Wow. So, and they look like, in the picture at least, very <laughs> happy. Yeah. <laughs> I can't help but last, or I mean laugh, because these marriages, a lot of them lasted, didn't they? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, you know, I think one of the factors was the fact that they got married and they had a, a common goal. And that was to work hard and establish their ranch or their farm or their or their business and uh, raise a family, you know, and back yeah. then, you know, eight or ten kids was not unusual because, unfortunately, they a lot of times lost uh, sometimes two or three children at, at childbirth or accidents. So, uh, you know, it was a, in some ways, a business arrangement. Well, it's so, right here. It goes along and, and basically verifies what you just said. These people in this picture, I don't know if you read this or not. Yeah. They, she got off the train 
on uh, the day they were married right. at Fort Bridger, and the day after their marriage, the very next day, they just met each other. They left to open a general store uh, over uh, fifteen hundred miles away in Placerville, yeah, California. Placerville. So you know what better way to get to know somebody than to travel fifteen hundred miles for the next what? Yeah, they could have been months. a wreck too. Two, uh, it yeah, could have been. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, by the mid-1800s, personal ads were pretty much regular features of most newspapers, which began to serve as, you know, matchmaking, uh, matrimonial columns. Uh, You know, it was... I mean, some people who placed the ads were very candid and specific about what they were looking for, and some may have been a little aggressive in describing their attributes. I see. (laughs) Well, that one girl was really honest. She She said, dear so-and-so, I'm fat. Yeah. (laughs) You know, if you're looking for skinny mini, I'm not her. You know, how long did you uh, court your wife? Uh, It was a... About, uh, I'm going to say about nine or ten months. Really? Yeah. Deanna and I only three months. Is that right? Yeah. Well, my wife is six years younger than I am, so uh, I say I had to wait for her to grow up, but she says she had to wait for me to grow up. Yeah, but you haven't. And she's still waiting. Okay. She's still waiting for me to grow up. <laughs> this is really interesting because you see these on television with the old westerns and everything, and now you're telling me that uh, basically a lot of them succeeded. Well, and look at this. Uh, back east, you've got green forests and fields and rivers and lakes, and you come out west to desert, sagebrush, I mean, it probably was a little concerning to some of these ladies to see, man, I'm moving out here to this? Yeah. Well, then the other side of that coin is once they're here and they think, ooh, I don't know if I got enough money to go back home. Right. Yeah. When they were here, they were probably stuck. Yeah. I know I've heard of uh, uh, English women coming out here from England, which is beautiful, green, you know, lush. Oh, my. And getting out here to... Oakley, Idaho, or, you know, out here to the desert. Oh, my. Oh, what did I get myself into? Yeah, and what are they going to do? Exactly. You know, I mean, just buck up and hopefully make it work. Oh, my And there were probably a few that didn't that maybe figured out a way. I wonder if there's any families in this area that can go back in their family history and maybe talk about a grandpa or great-grandfather or whatever that was a mail order type thing. That's a good question. Uh, We ought to find somebody. Yeah, if somebody out there knows of that, give me a call. Let me know. Yeah. Send uh, send me an email or whatever because I'd I'd love to hear a personal story. Yeah, from right here in this area yeah that would be great wow well you did it again well that was fun that was a fun and uh, i'll never forget the letter hi i'm so-and-so and and i'm fat (laughs) (laughs) well put it out there you know i love it the honesty i'm fat and i ain't gonna change you know and how many of the men would have said you know i'm skinny or i'm fat or i "I don't have much money well i bet you money did money pay play a big big portion of uh how they were picked you know i would think some of the women would have at least wanted to know do you have a farm do you have 40 acres do you have and how did they know they weren't lying that's that was the big question you know and that's why a lot of them wrote for a year, two years, yeah. back and forth, you know, yeah. and hopefully they... Let's they see work. if we can't find somebody out there that uh, maybe had some far distant relatives that were married through the mail. That would be fun. That'd be fun. Yeah. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.